As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the Sleeping With The Numbers podcast. Dylan and Pat here, and uh, we got week one in the books. A lot of surprises along the way. Uh, A lot of teams look good, not the teams you expect. A lot of teams look bad, again, not the teams you expect. So betting-wise, it was a mess. Fantasy-wise, I don't know. Pat, Pat, how did your fantasy teams do? I did fantastic, if I'm being truthfully honest. All the people, specifically one, James Robinson, that I mentioned you needed to take late, did pretty well. Yeah, that was a. I, I thought about that as I watched him um, fall into the end zone. Uh, he he looks fantastic. He really did. Uh, didn't lose a step, which is surprising for someone coming off of an Achilles injury. Uh, but he looked good. I put him in DFS lineups. You know, with you in mind, it worked out. Uh, but for my fantasy leagues, I went one and ten. I had one team win, and it was my dynasty team, and everything else just went horribly wrong. So I, I can't say the same that they went really well. Um, but we're back. It feels good to have football back on. It gives me something to do on Sundays. Uh, so Pat, one weekend, some surprises and takeaways. What do you get from the beginning of the season, and you know? For the rest of the season, are these takeaways something you think we should pay attention to? I think my biggest takeaway, my my guarantee game, if I had to pick one game, I'm like, there's no way this team wins or ties. I thought that the Texans were going to lose. And I guess my biggest takeaway was that they were competitive and the Colts' offense was not. What's surprising is they only scored 20 points. Matt Ryan threw for 350 yards and Jonathan Taylor had 161 rushing yards. And they tied. I don't know how that happens. So I'm going to be honest. I only watch little chunks of the game. So I'm not entirely sure the entire game flow, what the real problem was. But I, I felt like I didn't have to pay attention to this game. I thought that was a, an easy game for the Colts to win. So I was a little confused by that. And I guess for my biggest concerns, um, because I don't think the Colts are going to be long-term bad. I think that hopefully that's just new quarterback, new system. Give them some time to get their stuff together, right? Biggest concern and surprise is how neither Baker nor Russ Wilson did anything of value. I was surprised. I thought one of them was going to do well. Neither of them did. I watched most of the Broncos game, and it, their offense seemed slow. And I'm... I, don't, I didn't want to watch the Carolina Browns game, to be honest with you. I just could care less. But from what I've seen in terms of highlights, it looks like it was a typical Baker Mayfield performance of he did okay, but he had a no-show from DJ Moore, basically, and it it just shows that you can put anybody back there at quarterback, and Carolina's still missing a lot of pieces. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. This is the first year I've had Christian McCaffrey on my team ever, Um, and... I didn't know what to expect. I know when we talk about it, you know, highest points per game of any fantasy football player in the past however many years. And they're like, oh, Baker's going to be the starter, as he should be. They're like, there's no way Darnold should be the starter, which I pretty much agree with. But like you said, Baker's Baker. I think they know what he is at this point. 
and that isn't really going to change. So does he stay there long term? I really don't know. For Denver, they don't really have a choice. They gave Russell a giant bag of money before they could see how he performed, and he looked awful. Unironically, Geno Smith looked better than him. Um, I do think the Broncos would have won that game if they didn't have two goal line fumbles by their running backs. But again, focusing just on the quarterbacks, Russ did not look good. He he's he's peaked. He really has, um, and I I don't. I don't think he has what it takes anymore. A lot of people were calling Broncos to the Super Bowl. I I don't think so. You know, when we ran through our our playoffs, we barely had them making it, if if we had them making it at all. The funniest thing to me was watching uh, the Manning cast for Monday Night Football and them just flipping out when they ran 40 seconds off the clock before calling a timeout. It's just a poorly run organization. Uh, and like you said, the bringing in a quarterback, a new quarterback, isn't always the fix that they expect it to be. So for me, you know, I, I think my biggest takeaway was just how rusty basically every team looked, except, uh, you know, Buffalo, of course, that was a Thursday game, so they don't really count. But a lot of teams looked like they really had to shake the rust off, and some of them got a loss because of it. Uh, some of the bigger ones, you know, Colts, we, you, you talked about, they tied San Francisco lost to the bears. Pittsburgh somehow got a win there. You know, I'm, I'm happy they did, but I don't think it was really expected, nor do I think that was a deserved win. Our offense looked horrendous, horrendous. We talked about it early. That offensive line is going to get someone killed. Najee got hurt, left the game. And now TJ Watt is out for, you know, a couple months. So, Worried about our boys there, Pat. And then uh, some other teams that we expected to be very, very good. Um, uh, the Cardinals got blown out by Kansas City. Now, I think we expected that a little bit, but it, we definitely thought it was going to be way more competitive than it was. The Cardinals' defense was also non-existent. Uh, even the Tampa Bay-Dallas game. Neither offense really could get anything going. It was just like a kicking match back and forth. And then Dak breaks his thumb. And for some reason, Jerry Jones thinks he's a doctor and and Dak shouldn't go on the IR because he can be back in four weeks, which is utter nonsense. So as far as worries, I know when we had our projection projections, I had Dallas with quite a few wins. I think I had them at 13 wins and making playoffs. I am worried about them without Dak. Um, it, it's going to be problematic. Cooper Rush is coming in. And who knows? Maybe Cooper Rush can pull the the, the Tom Brady or, or the Ben Roethlisberger where they take over for the franchise quarterback. Um, hard to say that the guys Ben and Tom took over for franchise quarterbacks, but you get my point. Um, it remains to be seen either way. D- Dallas didn't look good and – I don't think CeeDee Lamb can do it. I don't think he can be a wide receiver one. Now, this may be an overreaction from just one game, um, but it is frightening to see, but also really fun to make fun of these people in Dallas. Yeah, I actually watched that entire game, and it just seemed frustrating. Like, I I live in Dallas. I was with two Dallas Cowboys fans, and from the beginning of the game, just hands on their heads, all hope was lost. It was entertaining for me. I feel bad for them. 
the question now is, do they become, I guess, Houston fans? Oh, absolutely not. Too much pride in that organization. Uh, another kind of interesting betting-wise takeaway that I saw here uh, that I was curious about, the over-under, the under hit a lot uh, this past weekend. So uh, the over-under, the over hit only five times and the under hit 11. So maybe that's a trend to kind of think about in the coming years, that the over-under totals that Vegas has for the opening week they're usually pretty off. And like we saw, a lot of these teams had a lot of rust to shake off. So something to think about for the future. Uh, looking at how we did betting-wise, Pat, it was rough. <laughs> I think – I don't know many people that had a good week this week betting-wise. Um, luckily, we didn't make all these bets, but uh, our picks even were off. So for the money line, money line – I went seven and nine, Pat, you went nine and seven, and that was our only over 500 uh, pick. For the spread, I went four and 12, Pat, you went seven and nine, way better than I did there. And then for the over-unders, I went seven and nine, Pat, you went six and 10. So kind of rough all around here, but it is very early. It's a sprint. I said that backwards. <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and we're, we're going to learn things as we go on here. Again, these are not bets that we made. Follow the action network for the bets we're actually making. Um, these are just our, our picks. You know, if we were forced to make a bet, those are where our picks would lie and uh, didn't go great this time around. I would just like to highlight that you did confirm that I did better than you, right? Yes, yes, and all but the over-under. For some reason, I'm good at that part. <laughs> I'll take two out of three. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. But yeah, no, you nailed the um, early on. You were, you were doing extremely well with the spread. And I'm like, awesome. We should have made all these bets. Uh, and then everything just took a turn. Oh, no, I know better. I, I did bad. Well, fortunately, the Colts tying... I guess it gave me a push because that was the one that I, I parlayed a lot. So fortunately I didn't lose, but that was what screwed me over. I would have done so much better in terms of my betting account. Um, that one messed me up. And then the Saints gave me a little bit of a nail biter too, because I parlayed them a few times. So back on the saddle, Pat, Starting out week two for Thursday night football, we have the Los Angeles Chargers going to take on the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are at home. They are currently four-point home favorites, minus 205 on the money line, which is, again, a little too much juice for us. We, we are not taking any bets, uh, minus 200 or, I guess, less. Um, Over-under of 54 points, and this is the highest-scoring uh, over-under Vegas has for the week. Um, as it probably should be. You have two very high-powered offenses here. Uh, Kansas City tore Arizona apart. Was that more Kansas City's team being great on offense, or was it more Arizona's defense just being really bad? Not really sure. Chargers also came out and, and torched. I can't, I can't say torched. It was a pretty close game. 24-19 win against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. 
But still, their offense looked really good. However, the Chargers have rolled out Keenan Allen for this matchup. So it's going to be Mike Williams and probably Joshua Palmer um, taking the reins there. Eckler, of course, always dangerous. But, uh, Pat, how do you see this game going? Um, Just some pro football-focused rankings here. Uh, Power rank for overall, Kansas City is currently ranked third. Chargers seventh. For offenses, fifth for Kansas City, eighth for the Chargers. Defenses, sixth for Kansas City, 15th for the Chargers. Again, that is only after one week, so maybe a little bit of some overreactions here. But right now, at least the offensive ranks, those make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I agree. My concern is that this is going to go the way Bill's Rams did, where we're like, this is going to be a great game. It's going to be like 40 to 41 or something like that, right? And with the loss of Keenan Allen, it kind of concerns me because the Chargers don't necessarily have that possession guy anymore, right? Because somebody's got to step up, whether it's Jalen Guyton or uh, what's his name, DeAndre Carter, the new guy who did well last week, or uh, I just dropped him. What's his name? Josh, Josh Palmer. Thank you. One of those guys has to step up because Gerald Everett's a decent tight end, but he's not going to you know, carry the load the same way that Travis Kelsey would. And Austin Eckler is a good running back, but honestly, what my concern is, is that they're going to be kind of what they were against the Raiders where they get a good 24 points and they win the game. But I'm worried that they're not going to outscore Kansas City because my concern last week, I think I said this, was that I wasn't sure how the Chiefs were going to do against the Cardinals because I thought that the Cardinals would outscore the Chiefs. Looking at their offense, I'm like, okay, Kansas City has the better tight end and quarterback, but other than that, the Cardinals win. And clearly, I was wrong. So if I'm looking at the box score for Kansas City and how they got their 44 points, I mean, Mahomes threw for five touchdowns. That's wild. Pacheco had a touchdown running. Travis Kelsey, CEH had two. McCall Hardman, Jody Fortson. I don't even know who that is. But long story short, everybody... Did well. Juju had six receptions for 79 yards. Eight targets. They're spreading the ball all over the place. And my fear is that the Chargers can't do that with their roster. So I'm afraid it's going to probably end up like this Chiefs-Cardinals game. And I hate to say that, but just based off of what I saw last week, I, it's probably going to be the Chiefs beating the Chargers. And I don't like that. Um, for my bet, I'm going to take the Chargers, honestly. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the Chargers win because that's what I hope happens because of the odds. Because the Chargers, when I did this on actions, want plus 175. But I would not be shocked if this Chiefs-Cardinals score came back again. And it was basically the Chiefs blowing out the Chargers. Yeah, you made a, a key point there. And that point being, while I'm going to be picking Kansas City to win, Kansas City to cover that's not necessarily what i'm betting i will bet usually based on what you said based on the odds and that's how um people should be betting and just a a a slight recap on on how um we do most of our betting here uh there's a really good book called the logic of sports betting um and they talk about converting these odds into um cover probability and so, for example, um, let's just do 
like the spread. The spreads are usually at minus 110 on both sides, which is a 50.9% break even. Now, what do you do with that? Well, you then would, you know, maybe you have a model or you follow someone's model. We have a model that will start uh, after week three. Um, but what you do then is you calculate the probability that you think you will win. And if it's over the odds probability, you take that bet. Now, what's really confusing to a lot of people is exactly what I just said. I think Kansas City is going to win, but I'm going to bet on the Chargers. That throws so many people off. They're like, well, why, why the hell would you ever do that? You think Kansas City is going to win. Why would you bet the opposite? And it's exactly what you said, Pat, because of the odds. And that is really what's important there. You want to make smart bets. Um, and by that, I mean, if let's say Kansas City wasn't playing the Chargers, they were playing some horrible team. Um, I can't even say Seattle or the Giants anymore because they both won. Uh, but let's pretend they're playing some fake, uh, really horrible team. And the Kansas City Chiefs were minus 2,000 money line favorites. Never would we ever take that bet. Why? Because there is still a chance they lose and you're out. And even if you win, that return is not worth it at all. So a really, really good thing to remember here, um, even though what may be the most statistically probable outcome, that's not what we bet. We bet based on the odds here. Uh, and just to reiterate, my picks are going to be Kansas City to win, Kansas City to cover. And I'm actually going to take the under in this one. Um, I know a lot of these games that we want to be high scoring uh, slugfest. They some I don't want to say they disappoint, but they sometimes come under what the market is uh, expecting. I took the over. And to go back to the playoff predictor, I also regret saying the Chiefs won't make the playoffs this year because I feel like I already look stupid. That's right. I, I've made the same mistake with Dallas. And and yes, we can blame it on the injury all we want. The truth is Dallas looked bad even when Dak was in there. So a, a newer thing we are doing here, of course, we do our puppy picks for all primetime games. Uh, we are now going to be doing some primetime parlays. So these are parlays that we are going to take a shot on um, each primetime game. A lot of people do not like parlays. <laughs> they think they're bad bets, but they're really fun. They are. It's, it's a, a way to turn a little bet into a lot of money. Um, the way I kind of like to do parlays is have some correlated events. So, for example, I'm going to read off my primetime parlay here. I have, it's all on the Kansas City side of the ball. I have Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes over 285 passing yards. Travis Kelsey uh, over 70 receiving yards. Travis Kelsey with a touchdown. Jarek McKinnon with over 15 and a half receiving yards and a Kansas City win. Now, uh, the reason I chose those is because they are correlated. They are connected in some way. And how? Well, Mahomes is going to be throwing the ball. So if Kelsey's getting 70 plus receiving yards and so it's uh, and McKinnon's getting 15 and a half plus receiving yards, the pass yards go to Mahomes. So these are connected events. Um, so it doesn't make the bet more likely to hit. Um, 
but they are correlated. It's kind of like in like DFS when you stack your uh, quarterback with a wide receiver. It, it's the same kind of concept here. Um, but that is my bet. It comes in with plus 1,529 odds. So turns $10 into $152.90. Uh, another random thing. While I was constructing this parlay, I was originally using Bovada. And I put in this exact same parlay into Bovada, and they really jib you on on the odds. When I when I put this in to their prop builder, they only gave me like plus three ten odds, and I'm like, well, that's just not right. That's not how parlaying odds works. Um, so basically, don't use their prop builder because you'll you'll get kind of screwed on the odds there. Yeah, for me, I didn't listen to what you just said because. When you said that Bovada gypsy on the odds, I realized that I picked mine on Bovada and at oh, plus three twenty five. Only on the prop builder. Prop builder screws you. Oh, okay. Well, this is not the prop builder. This is their pre made ones. I didn't want to build one. I made it a lot easier on myself. So I'm gonna take both Travis Kelsey and Mike Williams' score at plus three twenty five. I feel like that's fairly reasonable to happen. Yeah, I I will tell you on that because I also believe that will happen. Well, let's jump into our next matchup here. The New York Jets are traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Uh, Jets 0-1, Browns 1-0, undefeated after they beat up Baker. Cleveland, minus 6.5 home favorites, a minus 276 on the money line. Again, a little little shocking to me. Um, And then a very low over-under. This might be... I think it's tied. Yes, it is tied for the lowest over-under at 40 points, which is absolutely crazy. Um, Looking at these matchups here, uh, the battle of, I mean, technically they're both backups, Joe Flacco and Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby didn't look uh, great against the Panthers, but he got the job done and more so their run game got it done. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both looked fantastic here. So if the Jets cannot shut down the run game of the Browns, that's easily game over for them. Whereas I also think the Jets might have more weapons than the Browns do. Uh, They have Elijah Moore. They have their new guy, Garrett Wilson. They have their uh, new guy, Brees Hall. Michael Carter looked good last week. So I, this is, would not surprise me if the Jets found a way to win this game. And because of that, I am going to take them to cover here. But I, yeah, I'll take them to cover. I'm going to take the Browns to win. However, I am not betting on the Browns. Remember what I just said. And that over-under is so low that I, I have to go the over. I highly disagree with you taking the over. I don't know why on earth you'd think that. Because both of these teams suck. And that's exactly why I'm going to take the under. And for me, I I think it's going to be a snooze fest. I didn't like Cleveland's passing offense. I didn't really like anything they did, to be honest with you. And same goes for the Jets. I think it's going to be a very boring game. I think it's a great fantasy play for Brees Hall or Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. If you want to go that route. But I'm going to take the Browns, the cover win, and as I stated earlier, I'm going to take the under because I think this is going to be probably the most boring game of the week. 
Yeah, uh, I 100% agree that this is going to be probably an extremely boring game. But what's nice about it is if they keep running the ball, that clock keeps running. So it might be one of the quicker games on the week. Another matchup here, we're going to the NFC South. The Buccaneers taking on the Saints. The Saints are at home, 1-0. Bucks also 1-0. Tampa Bay is two and a half point away favorites with a minus 145 money line for Tampa Bay and an over-under of just 44 points. Tom Brady currently has a lower quarterback rating than Jameis Winston. I don't know how long that's going to last, but Jameis actually looked good coming out you know he got his uh, lasik surgery he uh, he can see now and he is able to play football and maybe somewhere where i was wrong in the fantasy football world was doubting michael thomas now i'm not going to put the nail in my coffin just yet but thomas looked good Jameis was targeting him um, how long that lasts i'm not too sure also on the other side of the ball tampa bay uh, chris godwin injured here Sounds like he may miss his game. Pay attention to the practice reports. And if that's the case, Mike Evans and Russell Gage should get some bumps here. But maybe even more excitingly, Julio Jones. Julio Jones also looked good. He didn't he wasn't on the field for a lot of snaps, but when he was, he was getting targeted and he was catching the ball. So maybe that's the way to play Julio Jones because if he's out there too long, he gets injured. But this game, two and a half points for Tampa Bay, Pat. I if this was a Sean Payton coach team, I think I would be more willing to go on the Saints side, but it's not. So I am going to be Tampa Bay to win cover. And for the over under, that is the real question. I'm going to take. The under and the reason for that is watching Tampa Bay play Dallas. Even Tampa Bay's offense seemed to have a hard time getting things going. Like it was a back and forth with the kickers. Um, I don't know how long that lasts. And until I see anything otherwise, I will take the under. You didn't prepare again, did you? No, I got it all written down right here. I just didn't open my spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just going to say we would have to have a talk about this. So moving on. I took the Bucks minus two and a half. I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take, obviously, Tampa went out right. My main logic is I think that the Bucks offense looked pretty solid against Dallas. They kind of slowed it down. And clearly the Saints were semi-capable. Now we don't really know what's wrong with Camara. There seem to be rumors about him. But I think even without him, I think they'll be okay in terms of scoring. So I'm willing to take the over because I think... Honestly, the Bucks defense didn't look as good as what we thought it was if, if they got, what, 24 put on them by the Falcons. I feel pretty confident that the Bucks can put at least 30 on them. Yeah, and, and that confuses me a little bit because the Falcons did put up 26 points on them, but somehow they're ranked the 10th best defense. Um, maybe a lot of defenses just did really poorly. I can see that. But yeah, that is an interesting metric that I am seeing here. Oh, and one Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield going to take on the one and oh, New York Giants. New York Giants are minus two home favorites, minus 131 on the money line with an over under of 43 and a half. Now, kind of like I said 
earlier, I think Saquon seems to be back. He seems to be healthy. He can do everything he needs to do when given the opportunity. Now, how often are they going to be giving him that opportunity? I'm not sure. And that is what kind of worries me with him a bit. Um, However, I still do not think the Giants are a great team. I don't want to call it luck. But the Titans looked very rusty when they played them. So as much as I don't like picking Baker to win absolutely anything, I won't. I'm going to take the Giants to win and the Giants to cover. But for the over-under, man, I have the under written down here. But I'm looking at that 43-and-a-half, and it just seems so... Low, but I I know how the game works. I got to take the under. So New York to win, New York to cover, and the under 43 and a half. Man, we are complete opposites on this one. I took Carolina. I'll take the points. Obviously, they win. And then I took the over. And my logic here is that I wasn't super impressed with either team's defense. I know that the Giants kept Tennessee under 20, or I guess at 20. And in terms of the Panthers, they let 26 up on the Browns. I think this is going to be a really, this is going to be a better version of the Jets game, in my opinion. It, in this situation, the reason I think it's going to be better is because they had a little bit more of offensive firepower than the Jets and the Browns. So for me, I have a good feeling that both Barkley and McCaffrey are going to do really well this week. Quarterback wise, I don't really know what we're going to get, but I would like to think Baker bounced back a little bit. So, I'll take the over because both teams clearly are capable of scoring that against the Browns, which is a solid defense, and the Titans, which is a solid defense. So that's my logic. So again, Carolina plus points, them the win outright, and the over of 43. I got to confess, Pat, I did have Carolina on my sheet here, and then I looked at it, and I'm like, you know what, no, fuck Baker. And I I switched it on the spot. (laughs) Do that. You can't let your emotions... Get the best. This is why you went one in ten in fantasy. That's true. That's very true. I also had the Steelers defense on two of my benches, and they put up twenty five points or something like that. So that didn't feel great. But the actually the one team I did start the Steelers defense on is the only one that won. So fun fact. That makes there. sense. Speaking of the Steelers, they are hosting the Patriots at. Wow, I almost called it Heinz Field. What the hell is it called now? Something insurance. Who cares? It's Heinz Field. That's what it will always be. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steelers 1-0. Patriots 0-1. Mac Jones was a uh, uh, question mark here for a bit. He was having back spasms. Got in a full practice today, uh, Wednesday, September 14th. The Steelers are hoping to have Najee back for this matchup. And then TJ Watt is, of course, going to be out for a couple months here. Ugh. Steelers' offense looks horrible. This Patriots' offense doesn't look much better. So, uh, I didn't read the lines. New England is favored here at minus two, minus 129 on the money line. This is the other over-under that was tied. 40 and a half points. And I'm going to take the under on that. Both of these teams had a very poor outing offensively. I think both of their lines, our line 
especially, cannot protect anyone. That's why Najee is injured with a or re-aggravated his foot injury, whatever happened to him. It doesn't look good. Trubisky is constantly under pressure, and it is it is very bad to watch. And to uh, look at the passer rating under pressure for Mitch Trubisky is 78.8. And he's basically always under pressure with this offensive line. With that said, I still think the Steelers' defense is good enough, even without T.J. Watt, to keep the Steelers in this game. And because of that, I will be taking the Steelers to win, cover, and like I said, I will be taking the under 40, 40 and a half points. Well, I finally agree with you. I'm just like, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, you hit all the key points, so... I think it's safe to move on. That one's going to be an easy win for the Steelers. Thank you. I like that. That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't know that the Steelers have ever had an easy win. Another divisional matchup here: the Indianapolis Colts, who are o o and one because they tied Houston. They're traveling to Jacksonville to take on the o and one Jaguars. The Colts are favored in this game by four points at a minus 199 money line. After that showing, I am not betting on this game at all. I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe. Um, If anything, I'm just popping James Robinson in some more DFS lineups because that seems to be the move. Um, Injuries here. Pittman pops up on the injury report with a leg injury. Uh, Alec Pierce had concussion symptoms today. So he is now in the protocol. Um, Not like he really did much anyways, but Pittman won the monitor. It sounds like he'll be fine. Jags are all good and healthy. So this is a difficult one. And it shouldn't be, which is really confusing. The Colts should get this win and that's who I'm going to pick, but I will take the Jags to cover here and I'm going to take the under. I don't think either uh, offense is super high powered. Even though the Colts should be, they just haven't shown it. And when they are going to be powerful, I believe it will be through the legs of Jonathan Taylor, which means they're running the ball a lot, which means the clock's getting ran, which means there's not a lot of time to score points, which is why I am taking the under. Yeah, for me, I agree that's going to be probably a run-heavy game. So I took the Colts minus four for them to win as well. And then I'm going to take the under two. I don't necessarily think that it's going to be low scoring for both offenses. I could see Indianapolis's team kind of coming around because I expected more from them. What I don't expect anything from is Jacksonville. So I think that this game could get out of hand really quick because, you know, the Jaguars kind of got lucky playing Washington. They didn't really have to go against anybody in terms of like Jonathan Taylor. And they let Carson Wentz throw four touchdowns against him. So, my opinion is that Matt Ryan can at least throw five. So I think it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be 43-1 to one based on my spread. My over-under. Let me ask you this. I have an interesting little factoid here from Chris Rabin, Raybon from uh, Action Network. Uh, he wrote up an article here. Uh, week two betting trends. Dogs of plus six or fewer 
off a straight up loss. So the Jags lost uh, last week. They are plus four, which is fewer than plus six. Underdogs have cash at 60% at home, 33 to 15, which is a 68.9% hit rate. Uh, so does that change your mind at all about the spread? No. All right, moving on to the next matchup. We have Miami taking on Baltimore. Uh, both teams 1-0, both 1-0 against the spread. The Ravens are the home team here. They are minus 3.5 point home favorites, minus 188 on the money line, 44.5 point over under. This is a, a good matchup to me. We don't get to see these teams play against each other a lot. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, the rushing game is obviously in favor of uh, the the Ravens, where I think the passing game leans towards the Dolphins here. Not so much saying that Dew is a better quarterback, but more that they have uh, a more well-rounded uh, receiving core. However, <laughs> the run game for the Ravens is really only good when it's Lamar running the ball. Mike Davis looked horrible. Kenyon Drake's in there somehow, but it sounds like J.K. Dobbins may be coming back. Pay attention to the injury report here. He was able to log a full practice, so that will be pretty exciting if he is able to actually come back to this game. So for this matchup, I have the Ravens winning, covering, and I am taking the under. Um, it seems to be that way with the Ravens where, like I said, they are a run-minded team. And if they're running the ball, they're running the clock. And there's just simply not enough time to score to hit the over. Yeah, I feel like in this situation, Miami's filing us start breaking out a little bit. I really enjoyed the way they beat up the Patriots. Everyone talks about how great Patriots defense is. The fact that they beat them 27 gives me a lot of good hope. I have the Dolphins at plus three and a half. I'm going to take that. I also have them winning outright, and I'm going to take the under. And my concern is that Miami's probably going to do very well in terms of keeping their offensive power ahead of Baltimore's. Like you said, Baltimore's main runner is Lamar Jackson. Until they get J.K. Dobbins back, I'm not as confident in their offense. I think they got lucky with Devin DuVernay getting some points for them. Mark Andrews didn't really show up, which is highly concerning for me. And they played the Jets. So I don't think they necessarily needed to show up, but this is a much different level of opponent. So I'm going to take Miami to win. And the reason I'm taking the unders, I think it's, like you said, the Ravens are going to run a lot, and I think Miami should be able to efficiently move the ball. So I'm not sure if they need to score a whole lot to win this game. Next matchup here, we have the Washington Commanders 1-0 traveling the Detroit to take on the 0-1 Lions. The Lions barely lost to Philadelphia. So I am... I, it, it's a very, very close matchup to me. Detroit is currently favored at a uh, point and a half with a... Why is it showing me the money line all weird? Uh, uh, minus 128 money line for the Lions and a 48 and a half point 
over under. Somehow Carson Wentz looked really good, and it pains me to say that. Um, no, it's because you didn't listen to me last year. <laughs> it's Jahan. You thought I was kidding. You, you thought I was kidding. <laughs> it's Jahan Dotson made him look good. And no. that that's what happened. That's what it is. That's what I'm believing. No. And and uh who's the other um who's the guy that just came back off injury? Curtis Samuel. You Curtis, don't even know. He was good. No, you yep. you have no yep. idea. So he, of those guys he was bailed out by his receivers. That's all I gotta say. Uh so, um I I think this matchup is, is super intriguing. I like both of these teams here fantasy-wise. I probably am going to be targeting this matchup for DFS. Uh, DeAndre Swift is an animal. Um, very, very talented. But he is on the injury report with a leg injury. Uh, again, it's only Wednesday, so pay attention to that. I expect him to play, but something to keep an eye on here. And as much as it pains me to say it, I am going to be taking Washington to win in cover, but I will be taking the under. Well, even though I fought Carson once, I don't believe that they're going to win. So give me Detroit minus two and a half. I'll take the under. I think it's going to be a, I wouldn't say run heavy game, but I think we know between Antonio Gibson and DeAndre Swift, they're more of the passing type of running backs. So I could see it being a very, I wouldn't say slow game, I don't really know a good deep threat in this game. I know Dotson. DJ Chark played fairly well for the Lions. And Don Dodson's a good target. But I'm not looking at any of these teams saying, whoa, they have a guy like Justin Jefferson who can take it to the house. I'm not worried about that. So I'm going to take the under because I think Fortnite's a lot. And I'm going to take Detroit to win outright. Already the undefeated Seattle Seahawks are going to take on the winless San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. The I've seen this line fluctuate a lot here. So currently the line has uh, San Francisco as eight and a half point home favorites minus 410 on the money line. Do not take that bet um, with an over under very low of 41 points. I've seen this spread as high as 10. Um no one knows what to expect. That is really the truth of it all. Uh, Seattle looked good. San Francisco did not. Trey Lance wasn't everything everyone expected him to be. Elijah Mitchell is on the IR now, so it's going to be some conglomerate of Jeff Wilson and uh, Davis Price and who Mason J- Mason something, the other rookie. That, that, that's kind of my point here <laughs> is it's just going to be a conglomerate of, of running backs here for Kyle Shanahan. And that's kind of the way he likes it. I expect one of them to be super relevant for fantasy, which one take your shot. It's a dart throw. George Kittle also still on the injury report. Pay attention to him. He missed last game and they just simply run out of weapons. The 49ers do so. This I'm not betting on this game. Uh, there's too many variables here. It is very, very messy. However, for my picks, I will take the 49ers to win, and I'm taking Seattle to cover. Now, when I initially made my Seattle pick, 
it was at plus 10. They're currently at plus eight and a half. I think I still take it. Um, and I will take the under. I think both of these offenses are are just going to have a bit of an issue. Even though they beat the Broncos, they only put up 17 points. And then the Niners put up 10 against the Bears. So blame it on the weather all you want. Um, 49ers have injury problems. They always do every year. Uh, so I'll take Seattle to cover. Yeah, I think Seattle to win and to cover is totally fair. I'm going to take the under. I think it's going to be a snooze fest, but I will say that Geno Smith is my new Carson Wentz. He's going to be the best quarterback in football by the end of the season. And that's all I have to say. I think we all watched enough of the Monday night game to realize that Geno has, he doesn't even have a chip on his shoulder. He's missing his shoulder. He's ready to go out and ball. I love it. Did, uh, did you hear his quote that he gave? Was it about, um, oh, I did. It had something to do with people writing him off. Yeah, exactly. He said, everyone wrote me off. I never wrote back. I was like, oh, shit. That was good. That was good. No, he definitely has something to prove. And I ton of respect uh, for him coming out like that. That's that's awesome. Uh, see how long it continues is, is the real thing here. Uh, Kenneth Walker, I called him Kenneth Gainwell uh, last week. It's Kenneth Walker. Um, he should be back in this game, it sounds like, which also mixes up their running back room. So a lot of running backs are going to be playing in this matchup, a big rotation. I don't know if it's going to be the best football, but someone will get a win. Two winless teams here. The Falcons traveling to L.A. to take on the Rams. The Rams are 10.5-point home favorites. Minus 548 on the money line, an over-under of 46.5. The Rams cannot be happy (laughs) about how that game went against Buffalo. I don't expect that to continue. Uh, That's not something I think Sean McVay would allow. So what I do expect is for them to come out guns blazing, Cooper's Cup's going to get 20 receptions or, or something crazy. Cam Akers is still going to be bad. Daryl Henderson's going to end up being the running back one. So I'm taking the Rams to win, but I think Vegas is a little overzealous here with the spread of 10.5. That's a lot. And uh, I understand that they have a talented defense, and the Falcons are nowhere near as good as the Bills. Uh, but when I see a spread that large, it, it's usually pretty difficult for a team uh, to do that. So because it's exactly a touchdown extra point and a field goal with that half, that makes me trust it a little bit more. Because if you're on the opposite side of that, that half a point can screw you. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Rams to win, Falcons to cover, and I'm going to go with the over. Like I said, I think the Rams come out guns blazing and – I wouldn't be surprised if they put up 30. Yeah, I'm with you in the, all three of those bets. I agree with you that the, the Rams should do a lot better than they did last week. And for me, with the Falcons, they showed that Cordero Patterson wasn't really a fluke. And things can only get better with Drake London being healthy and hopefully Kyle Pitts gets more involved in the game. So I, I feel like the Falcons can at least be competitive and get some garbage time points to make sure that that spread covers. 
The OO and one Texans are going to Mile High to take on the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, ten point home favorites, and I don't know how that's justified after what we just saw against Seattle, who arguably was considered a worse team coming into the season. So Denver is currently 10-point home favorites, minus 492 on the money line, and uh, an over-under of 45 points. They didn't look good. They really did I thought their running game looked great. Um, uh, Sutton and Judy each got seven targets and did well with them. Just something was not clicking there with that team. However, like I said, if they wouldn't have fumbled twice, <laughs> they would have had two extra touchdowns and won the matchup. So probably that's not happening again. Uh, they're going to let them work on – they're going to go uh, Friday Night Lights and, and tape the ball to Javante and, and Melvin Gordon's hands and see what happens. Um, however, like I just said with the last last matchup, 10 points is a lot. Somehow the Texans stayed in the game with the Broncos. I'm sorry, with with the Colts. It's kind of the same. Colts, Broncos, they're both horses. Uh, I Texans defense looked good. They're they might be able to keep pace here for a bit. Now I won't say as much as they'll go out and win. However, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, Houston is plus. 376 on the money line. I'll probably end up taking that bet just because of how good those odds are. Um, so like I said, likely going to do that. But for my picks, Denver to win, Houston to cover, and I will take the under. Neither team seems to want to score. Man, copied you again. We're just on the same page today. But I agree. I think Houston's a lot better than what we anticipated. And we kind of figured that out last year when we saw Davis Mills be fairly competitive. So for me, I agree. Houston, I'll take the points. The under is probably the one I'm most concerned about of these three because I know Houston should keep it close and Denver should win. But for all I know, both offenses could turn it on. I mean, Houston low-key, their offense isn't that bad. I think we all kind of look at Davis Mills and like, eh, whatever. But Rex Burkhead isn't horrible. Brandon Cooks is a solid receiver. So is Nico Collins, and so is Brevin Jordan. And OJ Howard scored two touchdowns last week. So I'm willing to give it a chance. So the under is the one that I'm mostly concerned about, but I'm still going to take those three bets that you took. Cardinals going to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Both of them winless. Raiders are currently five and a half point home favorites at a minus 185 money line that surprises me a little bit we talked about how bad the cardinals defense looked but again we need to remember who they were up against they were up against a very very good kansas city chiefs team um cardinals still hurting a bit Ertz on the injury report andy isabella on the injury report uh rondale rondale moore should be getting back into it this week, but again, pay attention to that. Um, on the Raiders side of the ball, everything seems to be okay here. Brandon Bolden uh, has a, a leg injury that he's questionable for. And, <laughs> I mean, he was the one that scored the touchdown, and he was um, – why can't it uh, 
Josh McDaniels guy in in New England for a good bit. This line, you know, it, it threw me off when I first saw it because, you know, for the past few years, you would never really expect to see the Cardinals at dogs against the Raiders, which is why, you know, I'm going to ride with them on the spread and obviously the the win here as well. And I'm likely going to bet on them as well. They're currently sitting at plus 200 for the money line. And that th- those are good enough odds for me to believe in Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz, James Conner. I believe they can get it done against a, a Raiders defense who I, I do believe is very, very talented. Um, Devontae Adams, obviously very good for the Raiders offense as well. But this this can turn into a shootout. And if it does, I'm going to put my money on the Cardinals. So Cardinals to win, Cardinals to cover. And like I said, this could be a shootout. I'm going to take the over 51 and a half points. I'm going to keep the trend of me being boring and agree with you again. And main reason I think it's going to be over, like you said, the Cardinals defense is bad. The Raiders offense is good, and the Cardinals offense should be good. They were not good last week. So I think the Cardinals will have an easier time of getting within reach of a shootout because they don't have to compete with Patrick Mahomes anymore. That's my main logic behind this. You want to hear a gross stat? Sure. Derek Carr. Obviously, everyone can figure out I'm looking at pro football focus during all of this. Derek Carr is the 33rd ranked quarterback on pro football focus. There's 32 teams. So I'm trying to look through here to see. Oh, you know who it was? Cooper Rush. Scored ahead nice. of him, so that that's kind of funny. Um, however, there's only two quarterbacks below him: Dak Prescott and Justin Fields. Uh, Dak obviously looked bad and then got injured. Justin Fields played the entire game and got a win, but is still ranked so low, and that's because he's not an NFL quarterback. Uh, but yeah, just a you know gross. Fun stats here. And speaking of Cooper Rush, he is going to be taking on the Bengals here at AT AT&T Cowboy Stadium here in Arlington, Texas. Oh, boy. The Bengals are favored here at minus seven and a half points. Uh, For the money line, they are at minus 262. Injuries. Obviously, Dak is not going to be playing this game. Cooper Rush is going to be in. What does that mean for the Cowboys' offense? I don't know. And that sounds really weird to say because one would think, oh, yeah, this is their franchise quarterback. They've been saying that forever. Dak's never been anything that amazing that would give Jerry Jones such a hard-on for him to keep him here this long. I I, I really don't get it. <laughs> uh, but, he, you know, we're here. And they're in the same exact place they've been for, what, five, six years or something like that. Um, yeah, it, it feels weird to say that without Dak, I, I don't believe Dallas takes much of a downturn. And that's because I don't think they were very high to begin with. Again, I know I had their record at 13 and uh, four or whatever it was, 14 and five. Um, 
No, that can't be right. 13. There's 17 games. 13 and 4. Um, but that was more because of an easy schedule in an easy division. They're not a, a very talented team, and the biggest thing that might have been revealed during week one is I don't know how C.D. Lamb is going to handle being a wide receiver one, and it didn't look good. Other side of the ball, for the Bengals, T. Higgins, uh, the Steelers concussed him. I was pretty upset about that. One, because it wasn't a good look for uh, – I forget who hit him, but it, it was not a very uh, clean hit. Uh, but also I have T. Higgins in quite a few spots in fantasy, so he's in the concussion protocol. Uh, we will see if he gets back here. If not, Tyler Boyd will jump into that role. After that big spiel, I think the Bengals are going to bounce back here. I am going to take them to win. Ooh, I have it written down. Just, all right, no emotion, no emotion. Cincinnati to win. I have Dallas covering the seven and a half points. Oh, God, that hurts. I also have the over. Uh, the It's currently at 42 and a half. I think that's very low. Um, yep. <laughs> there it is. All right. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati win Dallas to cover over 42 and a half. I'm going to do one different. So I have Cincinnati to win Dallas to cover, but I'm going to take the under. I was very underwhelmed by both offenses. I could see this being a close defensive game, and I'm afraid that both Cincinnati's defense and the Bengals, or sorry, both Cincinnati's defense and the Cowboys' defense are going to get several turnovers this week. So I could see this being a very low-scoring offensive game. Divisional matchup here, Chicago is the undefeated Bears with the lowest ranked quarterback by Pro Football Focus are going to take on the winless Green Bay Packers and their Hall of Fame multi-Super Bowl winning quarterback. Wait, that's not right. He's only won one, right? I think so. I think Rodgers just has the one against us. I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh, Green Bay, 10-point favorites here. Um, minus 473 on the money line over under of 41 and a half points. But the Packers have had problems with their receiving game. Lazard was out. Um, Aaron was very frustrated with his receivers. Watson was gone if he would have got that ball. Uh, so I'm Curious to see what happens here in this matchup. I am going to be taking Green Bay to win. Uh, <laughs> I hate it. Uh, but much like I, I've been saying for these other matchups that had a 10-point spread, I will take the Bears to cover it. Um, it's just a very large spread with a low over-under generally means that the dog is going to cover. Um, however, given that low over-under a 41 and a half. I am going to be taking that over. So let's see what happens here. This is where we finally really disagree. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come out. He's going to be all pissed. I think it's going to be a blowout. I have the Packers to win and to cover. I'll take the minus 10. I don't care. The Bears suck. I said it earlier. I'm not happy with the 49ers. I think that that was a fluke. I think everybody overtalked them and they deserve to lose because Trey Lance is a piece of, you know what? But, I could see Aaron Rodgers blowing them out. And I told you this. 
Because if you don't know, Dylan and I co-manage a fancy football team in one of our podcast leagues. And I said, let's pick up Christian Watson. He looked really good on that first play that he dropped the ball. But everything else besides dropping the ball was perfect. He's going to score three touchdowns this week. I'm calling it right now. He's going to go off. I have the feeling. Is that your prop bet for this? Uh, sure. Prime time. All I'll right. do. I'll do five touchdowns. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. Just, no, I'm just kidding. But somebody's got to step up, and of the receivers, he looked like he's the one who's going to step up in terms of physical fitness. So, do I think he's going to get five touchdowns? No. But what I do think is that I would definitely consider the Packers to beat up on the Bears. What if I told you that the Bears haven't lost a football game since January 9th? I don't care. But if I told you... <laughs> I was going to think of something smart, but you can just cut this part. I got nothing. And we are blessed with two Monday night football games. We have Tan- Tennessee taking on Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo minus 10 point home favorites minus 455 on the money line and an over under of 48 and a half points here. Uh, injuries, nothing really to write home about. Buffalo looked amazing. I mean, I don't think there's really a ton to say here. Um, taking Buffalo to win, not taking that bet because the money line odds are horrible. And this is actually going to be different here. I have Buffalo winning, but I also have them covering the 10 points. So they are the only team I currently believe can take that uh, 10 points and, and run with it. They, they are very, very good. I half regret not having them go to the Super Bowl, but there's a lot of football left to be played. So maybe that will change. So Buffalo win, Buffalo to cover, and I'm going to take the over uh, 48 and a half points just because Buffalo could take 35 of these points. Yeah, I agree that it's going to definitely be the over, definitely on Buffalo's side for sure. I could see Tennessee getting their act together as well. I put them in the same category as the Colts, where I, the performance that we got wasn't what I expected. And I think that even though Buffalo has a really good defense, I think that Derrick Henry might cause them some problems. So I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Buffalo to win outright, but I'll take the, I'll take the Titans to cover. I think that they can perform a little bit better than what they did, and I think that it should be a pretty good game. And our final matchup, the second Monday Night Football game. 1-0 Minnesota Vikings are going to Philadelphia to take on the 1-0 Eagles. The Eagles are minus two home favorites, minus 132 on the money line, over-under of 50.5 points. That line... Also surprised me. I, I think there's, there's quite a bit of shade thrown the Vikings' direction. Um, and they had a good win off a good team in Green Bay. And that's where I'm going to put my money. I think the Vikings can come into Philadelphia, get this win. So I'll have them winning, covering. Um, over under, I will take the under. But I'm not going to bet on that because I do think this game could also turn into a shootout between two uh, very high-powered offenses. So it, it will depend on how their defenses go. Um, I don't know if the Minnesota's defense was really just good 
or if the Packers were really just off in in the first game of the year. So remains to be seen. But again, I would not be surprised um, if this turns into a shootout. But that line of 50 and a half is a little a little high for me. Um, so uh, Vikings to win cover and I will be taking the under 50 and a half points. Yeah, I think that that is all pretty good too. I'm going to take the Vikings to cover, win, and the over as well. I could see this being a super high scoring game passing wise. I, I think Dalvin should do fine. I think that, you know, he didn't score last week, I don't think. But in terms of against the Eagles defense, I, I know they have a pretty decent defense, but I'm not concerned with him having any type of regression. I think where I'm most concerned is Justin Jefferson not getting 180 yards or whatever. I think this would be a great game to maybe stream one of the other Minnesota receivers. So for me, I could totally see both offenses being pretty high-powered, and this this should be one of the highest-scoring games of the week. That'll do it for this episode. Again, please pay attention to our Action Network, SWTN underscore podcast, to check out our official bets here. Also want to remind you, if you want to do some prop betting, check out Monkey Knife Fight using the link in our description. You get your first deposit matched up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $200. If you deposit $10, you get $20. You get the message uh, link in the description. Check out monkeyknifefight.com and do some prop betting. doesn't have to be football. They have really every sport you can think of, including esports. Check it out. Link in the description. You can also check out BarkBox. It's a subscription service. We'll send treats and toys directly to your door. They have different things for any kind of dog, whether it's big or small. And we highly recommend checking them out. I've used them in the past, and they've always been great. And if you click our link, you'll get a free month. Thanks, and we 